welcome to the Exploring Excellence podcast, a show where I interview professional service leaders, innovators and client service stars on the importance of people delivering excellent services to drive business performance. I'm your host, Lynn Bromley. I'm an author, speaker, business consultant and the managing director of First Impressions Training. I've spent my whole career in professional services and a large part of it in finance and technology, so I'm a huge fan of all things techie. But I want to make sure that in a world where we're more connected than ever before and strangely more disconnected at a human level than ever before, we bridge that gap between tech and people. So sit back and enjoy the show while I introduce you to today's guest. Hello and welcome to Series 1, Episode 14 of the Exploring Excellence podcast. And today I'm absolutely thrilled to introduce Gosha Walenzek. She is the founder of Accelerate Change and she describes herself as a change addict. So absolutely perfect to be interviewing right at this point where we're we're now six weeks into lockdown due to the the global pandemic of COVID-19. So welcome Gosha. Well, thank you so much for having me in uh, and welcome everybody. Thank you. No, that's an absolute pleasure. I'm really looking forward to, to hearing what you've got to, to share with us. So um, tell us a little bit about, about your business. What is it you're doing at the moment? So, uh, well, my business is about helping organizations and helping people go through, um, through changes. So when I say through changes, I mean, from, I mean through human transition, uh, transition from becoming from, from states a into stage B, so uh, helping businesses to um, to ensure that the, whenever there is a change introduced, people will follow and people will um, uh, people will adopt to it. Uh, that's that's basically primarily what I do, um, uh, and I've been doing this for many years now. Uh, in all honesty, I think I would call myself a person who is. Um, an advocate for the duality of change, which basically means that I, I personally do project management and also change management. Um, project management meaning uh, the tangible delivery of change and also change management, which is the behavioral, the human uh, delivery of change. And obviously the latter, uh, the latter which is the, ch- the change management, this is something that I'm really interested in. It's something that, uh, that motivates me and, and uh, uh, helps me to get up every morning, I suppose, because that's that's working with people is something that I love doing. Yeah, excellent. And I think you're absolutely right there. You can't have one without the other, really, can you? You, you in order mm. to have a successful project, you also need the behavioural change to to go hand in hand with it. That that certainly is how I've seen mm. work the best in the past. So that's yeah, fascinating to hear. And what was your background, Gosha? What what got you into what you do now? Oh, my background. So I am that kind of a person that uh, really likes to fix things. And if something is not working, it's, it's just something in my brain. If something is not working, I, I have to fix it and I have to make it better. So um, I've uh, in the past many, 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 many years ago when I started uh, my, uh, well, working for, for different organizations, um, I started naturally noticing that that some of the things uh, that they're doing some of the, the processes could have been improved a little bit better and i was quite keen to help 
and I was quite keen to point out, unfortunately, probably also for my managers. Um, and, but, uh, but I was quite keen to fix it and I would have fixed it. And then I think naturally from that standpoint, my career moves to uh, project management at that time because uh, I, people have understood that there is a need to improve things and they were quite keen once they've noticed that things can work better. Um, so uh, slightly uh, at the very beginning, I was being nominated to run some projects of work and, and, uh, and find some projects of work. Um, and I think this is how my career really started. However, um, what also I found a bit interesting is that um, for many, many years, I was calling my work project management. Uh, and uh, I was really happy with that, um, although I've always understood that project management is not going to work if you don't move the, the wild card, so the biggest wild card that we have, which is the people. Um, and um, I've been, throughout my career, I've been looking, I was Googling really, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, some ideas how to make people uh, adopt to change, how, to, how, to, how, to, how do they react to change, uh, how to help them ease in to change. Um, and I was using small, some small tools and small techniques uh, throughout my project management career, if you wish. Um, and then, in honesty, I think in all honesty, only four years ago, I have realized that there is a whole discipline which is called change management. <laughs> Um, it just purely by coincidence, I, I went to, I, I, remember, I remember I went to, um, I think they're called Project Challenge, which is this expo about change management and project management. And I listened to uh, Melanie Franklin and the things that she was saying, uh, she had this, uh, I think an hour slot, um, I can't remember what was the title now, but the things that were, she was saying really, really resonated with me really well. And I, and I followed her on LinkedIn, and I found out her website, and, and through that I have found out the whole discipline called change management. And, um, and, and since then I've been exploring it quite, uh, quite significantly and, and, um, uh, and getting my, my knowledge, improving my knowledge on the subject more and, uh, and using the skills and techniques that I know, which, uh, which are used by my peers in my, uh, in my line of work as well. So this is basically how it started. Um, but I think, you know, it all started with, with inclusivity, um, with uh, my natural uh, need to pursue knowledge and my natural need to fix things. So, um, so I'm going to say those, those two innate characteristics that have always been there. Yeah, that's so interesting. I think with mm. everybody I've interviewed on the podcast, most people have said that they didn't really set out to do what they're doing. They almost fell into it by accident or through mm. some sort of um, sometimes serendipity, maybe. And that's mm. as I say, that that happened with you as well. It was more you came to it through naturally being inquisitive, naturally putting yourself forward and making recommendations. And, and that seems to be the way careers do go. So that's, that's mm. the first thing that I found interesting. The other one is I'm exactly the same as you in the fact that um, what I noticed when I, I used to be a, a project manager and then managed a team of, of consultants and project 
project managers and I noticed that the ones who were the most successful were the ones who not only had the software skills or the project skills but they also yeah. had really good people skills as well and that's what led me to to do what I do now as well so it, again it sounds as though we both sort of came to to what we do now through that same route of, of yeah that you can't do something just by using process there has to also be that behavioral change and the and the people aspect to it as well so really interesting so yeah. tell us a little bit more about change management and i think specifically as we're you know we're in this such strange time at the moment where we are still in lockdown um thankfully in the uk we can go out and, and have our daily walk providing we're not somebody who has to shield for for health reasons um so we can go out and do our hours exercise which is an absolute lifeline and i know that some of the other countries around the world perhaps don't have that that luxury that we have um so that's right yeah how do you think change management can particularly help us during this time of, of global pandemic that we're, that we're experiencing? Mm. This is a very good question. Um, I'll tell you why. Because um, for me, the way I understand change management um, is that this is a discipline that drives uh, or, or takes a lot from psychology, human psychology. And I'm not, not only talking about the human psychology of change, but psychology period. Okay, so change management, um, the powerful thing about change management that it is, is that it always refers to oneself. So how does the change management or how can the change management help you as a human being, being a part of the organization, working uh, currently throughout the crisis, is that it always refers to yourself. So you oneself, when you are able to understand where are you on the change curve, for example, how do you feel about that? And that helps you put into perspective how others may perceive it, how mothers may feel ab about it. If you notice a certain pattern of behavior amongst your peers, amongst your colleagues, um, you will understand, oh, perhaps they are here on the change curve. Perhaps I need to help them with something. For example, if our manager, right? Um, so referring back to oneself is one of the major, for me, one of the major points of the change management. Um, Another point of the change management and what it makes is that it helps people go through that transition, right? So when I say transition, I mean um, from changing from one state to another state. So yes, we change managers are able to use some specific tools and some specific techniques to accelerate that change, um, to help people go through that change smoothly rather than crash. Uh, and be stressed about it because stress is another thing that uh, uh, us change managers are trying to really avoid at, uh, when working with, with clients. Um, but um, it will also help people to communicate well. Um, we know the ways of communicating, um, what kind of communication skills we should have, what types of communication we should be, uh, we should be portraying, what, what things that we should be, what are the things, not necessarily we should be saying, but also how, how we should be saying those things um, when communicating, especially now in crisis, um, uh, this is an advice that we can we can give to we can give to managers and we can give to leaders uh, to make sure that the people that they're working with uh, again are feeling 
not stressed, are feeling uh, uh, that they're being taken care of. So, so that aspect of change management, I think, is very, um, especially now, it's 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 very uh, it's very much relevant. Um, yeah, I think it's very much relevant uh, relevant now. Excellent. Yeah, I think there, there are some great points that you made there in terms of supporting people through that change and understanding where they might be as well, because, as you said, not everybody is going to go through that, that Kubler-Ross change curve at the same, the same rate. So being able That's to right. support people and see where they're at and perhaps ask some questions to find out where they, they might be at is, is a really good way of, of handling that. And as you said, yeah. the communication is, is absolutely crucial as well. So. Yeah. What do you see that can get in the way of delivering change successfully? Um, because I think there is a statistic that, you know, the majority of projects are not successfully met. So what is it that gets in the way of, of, uh, of implementing change in a successful manner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know which statistics, <laughs> statistics you're talking about, Lynn. Uh, yeah, so there is a statistic that says, I, I can't remember the exact number, but it's a huge number that there's a big number of projects that fail. Yeah. Um, look, 70%, isn't it? Yes, yes, that's, yeah. that's, that's what the statistic says. But yeah. it, look, it's data. I think data can be manipulated in any way, right? Yeah. We, we are all aware of that. So there is a bit of a pinch of salt looking at it uh, from that perspective. But, but um, I think... Um, in my opinion, again, that your biggest wild cards, which is the people, if you, in your change effort, focus only on that, um, let's say, process deliverable or technical technical change or, or, or whatever change that you're trying to implement, and you forget about the the, the, the correct level of engagement, you uh, you don't listen to your people, you don't have been in feedback loops, you. Uh, you make certain mistakes um, when delivering the change that actually is going to not help you realize the benefits of that change as quickly as you would potentially as it, it's potentially possible mm -hmm. so that's that's why projects fail uh, projects also fail because once a project had failed in an organization and you do another project people are already skeptical and if you don't address that uh, if you don't, if you just let it be, uh, it's very high likelihood that this additional project or new project that you're trying to implement is also going to fail just because of that, because people attitudes are there. They haven't been managed. They, they, these people haven't been spoken to. There is a resistance. So, so these are, these are the reasons um, why projects fail. Mm -hmm. um, and I think also, you know, it, it's a very, it's a very interesting subject, but it's also a very complicated subject. Um, what I have noticed in my career that um, not that any projects that I was working on have failed. Please don't don't misunderstand me. But but in every single project, there is a moment where things are not going right. I haven't worked on a project, in all honesty, that everything was amazing. I've never worked on a project like that. There is always a there is always a moment where something is going wrong, and it's okay. It's it's, it's normal. Um, but also, what I've noticed is that it's very important how does the leadership or the sponsorship or or the management, the people who are the face of the project, how what is their attitude towards the project? And I think we've also uh, we've also realized that. Um, uh, 
especially especially if you're a, a a consultant working with businesses you sometimes you come over to that business and they think that you can fix everything for them it's not like that unfortunately i like to look um or, or think about the work that i'm doing with my clients or for my clients is that uh, i am just a shadow i don't i'm not there to shine i'm just a shadow behind them they are there to shine through and i can help them to do that mm. so my point my point is that um what i've noticed is that if you have management which is disengaged in the project of work that they had committed initially to deliver then that potentially is your first red light that the project potentially may fail yeah. because that that management management is not showing through um uh, they're just basically, basically not acting it they're not showing it they yeah. don't live it they don't mention it mm. um and we know especially in hierarchical organizations that people uh will be listening to and that's another statistic i can't remember what the number but i think it's something over 60 percent of us um will listen to and we will follow what our manager tells us to do so think about it it's, it's a very it's a very important it's a very it's a high number mm. and that also suggests that people are looking up to their leaders or looking up to their managers so if a manager is disengaging if a manager hasn't mentioned anything it's not going to be priority for them as well to do and it's not going to be priority for them to want to achieve to want to learn to want to change so that's another um uh, point to why in, in my opinion projects projects yeah. do fail yeah yes I, th I think what you were um, mentioning there is probably um really well documented in cialdini's book on influence so one of the laws mm. of influence is about authority so we do tend to look up to authority so anybody in a position um that we perceive to be in charge or you know above us or we report into them then we do look up to them so you're right if the leader isn't really giving it the proper attention and just pay, paying lip service to the project and mm. maybe even sometimes talking about it in a derogatory sense you know about oh we've got to do this or you know rather yeah. than being positive about it and and helping people to to move through that change curve then mm. um it, it's really detrimental to the project isn't it mm. so, yeah I've seen yeah and I think, and I think this is the role of, you know, the role of a change manager. It's, it's good to know that this is why it's good to know that bit of psychology behind it, mm. because in a way you come in there and you are a mirror, you must be as patient as it's, it's possible repeating the same information as many times as you must repeat it in order for somebody to understand what it actually means. Because, because other, otherwise you're failing and the project may potentially, may potentially fail. So showing that mirror to the leader saying, listen, I've observed this behavior. Um, if you behave like this, this is how other people perceive it. Showing them that uh, additional bit of statistics, telling them you know, how, how impactful actually they are on, on people that they work with. Um, providing that additional perspective, different perspective, which is something that people they don't necessarily have to know. Um, I've always find it very helpful because um, think about it. At the end of the day, everybody wants to deliver what they are set out to deliver, and um, especially if you are a I don't know a sponsor of a project, 
um, if you realize that there actually you need to actually do some things that there is a physical part of 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 of, of this uh, whole process that you need to deliver you will do it because you want to succeed ultimately it's your it's you it's your career it's it's your passion it's it's the people um and and you want to do you want to do it so change manager providing that a little bit of a different perspective to you is just helping you to um to i think quickly or quickly or quicker re realize uh, mm. uh how how can you get there to to where you want to get to yes so i guess hence the name accelerate change it helps you to 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 make the change faster and and more efficient as well yeah i think someone 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 told me once many years ago that um that change management is just managing people's expectations yes and i quite like that you know honestly because but actually it's just managing people's expectations it's just yeah. that every single person will have different expectations and um, and that makes it a bit more tricky and, and, and complicated and if you think about it it's really it's it's, it's like if, if you were to portray it in a picture that would potentially people's expectations that would be like the most messy <clears throat> excuse me the most messy uh piece of painting right Yes. Um, but then in, in order to manage them, you need to channel that mess into that chaos, into, um, into, into something that's manageable. And this is the role of the change manager in order to accelerate, yeah. uh, like you said, in order to accelerate change. Mm, perfect. I love that analogy. Um, so I think you've just given us some great examples of service excellence there, but I'm, I'm going to be greedy and ask you for a, a couple more. So what, what does service excellence mean to you? And also, have you, have you noticed that you've had to change anything in your business in order to reflect what's going on in the current situation we find ourselves in? Mm. Okay, so I think so. So the question number one: What does change excellence mean to me? Uh, sorry, what change service excellence means to me? Um, for me, I think in all, I think just because this is me, I am very genuine. I always come genuine. I don't um, when I come to the office, and I've, I've spoken to many people, and they uh, there is a number of individuals who tell us. Um, when I come to the office, I'm a different person than, than that person that I'm at home. I am not. I am genuine. This is what you get. That's it. And I think people appreciate that. So what I'm alluding to is that being yourself, um, being transparent about who you are, not being afraid to ask a question, even if you think you might sound stupid, um sometimes you might be in the room people will not know what the question or what the particular thing is but nobody is going to ask a question because they're just scared for some reason um uh, when you ask that question they will actually even appreciate that and they will say actually well do you know what i didn't get it I, as well so so doing doing all those things which are genuine inquisitive helping you to understand the client's needs mm -hmm. um that i think makes great uh, customer uh, customer excellence mm -hmm. because understanding your client and but also bearing in mind that um when i say i come in to an organization and this is who i am this is how i am 
this is what you get. I'm transparent. I will ask a question, etc. It may be not everyone's cup of tea, and it's completely fine because some people I think will um, you can't be in an organization. You cannot be liked but by everybody. Um, it's impossible. Be liked to be liked by everybody, and it's not about being liked, but it's about being genuine, and it's about believing in what you're doing makes sense. It's about committing as much time as you as it's needed in order to explain something to someone, and again and again and again and again. It's it's to show up whenever you need it, uh, and whenever somebody's reaching out to you for help. Actually, being a change manager is a very, very um, uh, demanding role because every single person that you work with is potentially that every single person can come back to you on a one-to-one basis in order to understand something. And this is your role to explain it to them. Yes, you will be using some tools and techniques, like I said, um, and you will be using um, what we call uh the change engines which is basically a network of individuals that they have bought into your vision and they understand what you're trying to do and they will go and disseminate that vision onto the rest of the organization but ultimately you're the connector you are the fixer you are you are this shadow to to help and i think that's basically what the what the, what the customer excellence uh, uh, means means to me um yeah, um, and going back to the second part of your question, which is, did I have to um, change? Yes, I had to change everything. <laughs> I had to change everything enormously. Um, and now uh, my working hours are even more flexible than they were before, because I understand that uh, my clients uh, will have their business calendars filled in with meetings, um, uh, literally whole day. So, so. I need to be flexible, uh, flexible like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it will depend on the organization. Some people like to have a video call. Some people prefer not to have a video call. Um, um, but you, in terms of your offering, I've, I've realized now that's the power of, uh, I think what I personally have realized now is that the actual power of, of social media um yes. and i see social media but i also mean linkedin because i think for me it's also part of the social media although it's a professional network of, uh, of individuals yes. is that putting yourself out there with um with important things that you have to say or you want to say or you want to share engaging people in that conversation and that is what I've noticed now very very powerful and this is something that I had neglected in the past mm. um, um, and something that I will not neglect in the future uh, having to real- having realized now how powerful powerful it is yes. and um, I started um, I started some of some of that journey on, on LinkedIn posting uh, posting some of my um, uh, articles and, and small videos etc and what was wonderful to me is that Every so often, I get an invite to connect, um, and uh, the invite would say, "I really enjoy what you did there. I really, I really like this angle of change management that you're portraying." 
could I please connect with you so I can be a part of your network and follow you? And, it, and it's, it's really powerful. Mm. Um, and I think it's really, um, it's really neglected. We, we, on a daily basis, we, maybe not all of us, but uh, at least me, I would have forgotten about that. Um, that, you know, being out there, making yourself um, accessible in the virtual world is, is also very important. It is definitely. And I think sometimes when you're busy, um, it falls off the list, doesn't it? Because it's because yeah. there's many things to do. And if you've got all of those demands from your client that you were talking about there, then actually remembering to post on social media can can be seen as a bit of a chore. But I was on a call yesterday, actually, which was all about social media. Um, and I, I use it quite a quite a bit, but I'm always looking for ways to make it more efficient or better um, and, and to be able to engage more with people. And uh, what he was saying, Thing is that actually now because we've got our phones in our hands pretty much 24 7 um, we can just post whenever so if we're in a queue at a supermarket as we're now having to queue outside and you know do the social distancing queuing and so on that's an ideal opportunity to post or sometimes when you're waiting you know if you've got children and you're waiting to pick them up when you know when we're in normal situation and we're dropping kids off and picking them up from places that's another time you can do your posting so I think sometimes mm. people think you have to do things nine to five but actually we're not in a nine-to-five world any longer things have changed and so trying to find an appropriate time to do it it could be first thing in the morning because mm. what I often do is when I'm drying my hair in the morning I'll just mm. on social media and, and see what's going on see who's posting so actually it's more of a probably a 7-eleven world now rather than a you know nine to five uh, because people do tend to go on before they start their work and then afterwards while they're maybe sitting on the sofa at night scrolling social media so yeah so I think it's it's certainly something that's it's a good habit to get into to to help to promote your business for sure Mm. I really admire and recently started following uh, a lady on, on social media on, on Instagram uh, her name is Holly Tucker so she's an advocate for small, uh, small medium, medium business. And um, she's, um, I think her business is called Not on the High Street. Uh, but why, why, why do I admire her? Is because uh, every single morning she posts a video on, on Instagram of herself. I don't know whether she's recording it in the morning or maybe she's recording it the day before. I don't know. But she posts a small, short, sweet, uh, from the heart uh, video. Uh, about something uh, whatever the subject is and she always looks as if she straight away you know left the hairdressers <laughs> the <laughs> the makeup artist and I really really admire that because it makes me believe that you know there are there are people with such an amazing um attitude to work towards work and uh, that they will be they will be one of those that wake up at five in the morning at five thirty they will go and play tennis at six o'clock they will do this at, at seven do you see what i mean so at seven o'clock maybe she's doing that recording she's already she's already in the work mode uh, god knows how the her day look looks like um whether it's like you say 24 24 7 like all of us but um um but i i personally really really admire that yeah, it's, that, that's an interesting um, perspective, isn't it? Because I think mm. I've also seen other people say, actually, that can make us feel that we're, we're all supposed to be doing that. And we're all supposed to be up at the crack of dawn to be able to do all of these things. And it, mm. it can 
as we know with social media sometimes it can it can make people feel bad because they think that they ought to be aspiring to this amazing lifestyle that people are portraying on social media so there's a real you know there's two schools of thought i think about that and yeah just aren't morning people and and actually if you're more inspired at the end of the day then do it then you know you don't have to do what everyone else is doing so I think it's just about finding the right time for you isn't it Mm. and following your own path because uh, because I I don't think it's really healthy to compare yourself to other people you have to uh, acknowledge know yourself uh, and uh, if, 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 if today is the day when you feel like you just want to be in your sweatpants it's okay just do it yeah absolutely so that leads me on nicely because i was then going to ask you if you could go Mm. back to give your younger self some advice what would it be oh this is a great question (laughs) um i think um in all honesty i think i would give myself an advice not don't be scared and just do it and don't don't compare myself to others don't look for other people approval um and i think the don't look for for the other people approval i think is the most uh, the most important thing uh for me because i personally feel that i constantly do that uh even even now uh i don't feel that i have enough um i'm good enough or or you know i've got something important to say i i don't think i don't feel like that so for me every single time i'm i'm going out there uh, talking to a client for the first time or or posting something on social media or writing an article and thinking and rethinking and asking 300,000 of my friends to read it before it's it's just it's just uh, it's it's just ridiculous so um so that is the advice that I would give myself just um just do it uh don't wait for any any other people approval they don't get you only you can get you Mm. um that's it i think that's a really good piece of advice and i think particularly when you're in business um even sometimes your closest friends and family don't always quite understand what you do um and i know i've had that with some of my friends and family in the past and they they sort of have a vague idea but they don't really know the full detail and i think especially Mm -hmm. when you've got as you said change management is quite complex and involves so many areas and so if you're asking for people's feedback to help you to be okay with what you're doing it's not always the best thing because they won't really fully understand it and they'll they'll give their opinion from their own point of view of course but not from an informed um, educated point of view that you might have on the subject so yeah I'm totally with you there I think it's just a case of get out there and and post it and you'll soon get the feedback and and actually if nobody likes or comments it really doesn't matter it goes down the feed and you'll you know you'll post something else that and it's done isn't it it's in the past and two two years here two years later you can laugh at it so i Um, just just (laughs) (laughs) so if people would like to develop their skills in change management what would you recommend to them to to get them started so i think um for starters, um, there, there is an there is a institute for is a change management institute um, uh, here here in the UK. It's an organisation um, which is an association of change management uh, practitioners, change management individuals, people who are keen to understand what changes, people who uh, understand that this is a discipline that is growing, um, that it's developing. 
uh, it's really buzzing with with novelty, with with new approaches, etc. So, so um, if somebody wanted to understand a little bit more what it is, what is change management, how do I make myself better at it, what are the potential skills I can have, this is where I would go to. I would go to the Change Management Institute uh, UK. I'm saying that also because uh, I, I myself am a member and also I co-lead the London chapter for the Change Management Institute and we organize the uh, events uh, for members and also non-members um, here in London once a month. Obviously now we had to adjust it so uh, so we're moving to uh, webinars uh, because of the current situation and some of the um, events we're moving to next year. Um, but but this is this is your place to be. I think um, mm. uh, it's a brilliant organization. Um, it, it really, and I'm not just saying that, but it actually is really full of people who are passionate. And so whenever you come over to uh, to the event that we organize, uh, you really feel that passion in the room. Uh, people really nice. People want to learn. People are keen to help each other. Uh, even if there is a hiccup, people will be willing to uh, let it pass without doing, you know, saying saying anything uh, anything bad about it. Um, uh, I would really, I would really recommend uh, for people to to check this out uh, um, for themselves. Mm, that sounds great. I shall come and pay you a visit there when uh, when we're out of lockdown. And, and yeah, I would love to. Yes, I'd love to have you around. <laughs> that will be good. And as regular listeners will know that I always mm -hmm. ask my interviewees or podcast attendees to about a charity that you'd like to promote. So is there a particular charity that you support that you'd like to to bring to the listeners awareness? Yeah, so there's one charity um, which I personally um, really, really support. They're called, they're called Crohn's and Colitis UK. So um, Crohn's and Colitis is one of those autoimmune diseases which is really hidden and you can't uh, really tell normally if, if a person is suffering from, from Crohn's and disease. Uh, of cancer or colitis disease. Um, currently, there is no cure for for neither of these. Um, they're horrible, crippling um, little diseases. Uh, and um, and um, the charity, um, there is a charity in place which um, they're small. They're doing some bits and pieces. Uh, they just recently started uh, some campaign on social media. Um, they really would need their help and, and um, what the charity is trying to do is trying to, f uh, financial, uh, to, to help financially with the research uh, into, into Crohn's and into colitis and particularly um, there is a piece of research that um, is suggesting that uh, perhaps there might be a way to uh, produce a vaccination uh, for that disease, uh, um, based on some uh, findings uh, by a professor, I can't remember his name, but uh, he used to work for the uh, uh, St George's uh, Hospital here in London. Mm -hmm. um, so I would really, this is this is one of the one of the biggest ones, and I, I'm saying that because uh, I'm also a sufferer, and um, and uh, I really sympathise with people who actually have it because mm -hmm. you, if you if you are one of those those if you want one of those people, you other people cannot see what is what is happening with you and what is happening with your body, and how tiring it is for you to actually be um, 
even even working eight hours per day it's it's quite tiring yeah. so so yeah yeah i i understand that at first hand experience well maybe second hand experience my mum had colitis um oh, okay early, um when i was probably late teenager and she she suffered very badly and ended up having to have an operation so mm, mm. Uh, fortunately she she doesn't suffer from it any longer but but she had to have the uh, the ileostomy uh, mm. operation but you know which some people might think is a, a terrible thing to have to have but actually for her it changed her life because she mm. got to the point where she could barely leave the house because she was mm. um, and obviously we we all sympathize with that being in lockdown now we know how it is if you can't go out um and you know she was she was very very poorly with it for for a long time so mm. yeah so i i completely Completely, um, completely get what people go through having seen my mum go through a very, very close proximity. So that's yeah. a really great charity. And if they can help to find a cure, then that's that's fantastic because it is incredibly debilitating. So thank you for bringing that one to, to people's awareness. And I'll put the, the link to that and also to the Change Management Institute um, up on the show notes for people to, to go to if they want to, to find out more. Um, and in terms of finding out more, so if people would like to connect with you and to find out more about your change management services, um, where would you like them to go? Um, well, on my website, so uh, acceleratechange.co.uk or simply, if you can pronounce my name, <laughs> you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, I think the easiest thing is just to go through my website, so acceleratechange.co.uk. Brilliant. Well, again, I'll put the links to your website and also if you'd like me to a link to your your LinkedIn profile as well on the on the show notes, just in in case people can't pronounce your name. or (laughs) That would be lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I also have I also have a professional Instagram account, um, which I'm building at the moment. So um, it's uh, the, the kind of intention behind that is that this is for people who don't know anything about change management and i'm introducing some very small quick concepts uh helping them to understand what it is uh, so if people are keen um I, I will also share the share the handle for for for, for um, instagram Brilliant. That's great. Thank you so much. It's been great chatting with you and you've given some fantastic tips for change and and helping people through this very unusual time. So thank you, Gosha. Thank you very much. And I really enjoyed that. As you could probably tell, Gosha and I could have chatted all day about the subject of change. Uh, We had lots in common there. So I'm going to keep my uh, wrap up very short and sweet and just say if you enjoyed that episode, please do subscribe, share, rate and review to help other people find it too. There are 13 other episodes that you could go back and re-listen to if, if this is your first time of listening as well. So please do take care, stay well and stay safe. Catch you next time.